You're listening to episode number seven of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. In today's episode, we dive deep into the nitty gritty of taxes with CPA Michael Hendricks. Michael is not your ordinary accountant, guys. If he's not bagging peaks, skiing, or hiking glaciers in the Alps, you might find him headed to a local crag up in the canyon in his hometown of Logan, Utah. Something about numbers just clicks in Michael's brain. He's a CPA and has a master's degree in accounting and financial economics. He worked for one of the biggest accounting firms in the world and just had a side hustle working with a small group of his own clients until he realized it's so much more fulfilling to make a difference in people's lives, specifically in entrepreneurs' lives, just like him. It has been a wild ride over the last four years since he dropped the corporate gig to focus full-time on his own clients, but he has never looked back. Today, Michael covers everything from when to start paying attention to taxes, sales tax, and all the stickiness that comes from that topic, write-offs for your business, keeping receipts and records, all the way to a touch of financial planning, investing, profit, and how to find a CPA who is perfect for you. Taxes don't have to be overwhelming, guys, and they are so vital to understand as an entrepreneur. Today, Michael breaks down so many different angles of taxes and finances in such a simple and clear way, it'll leave you going, oh, more than once during this episode, I promise you. Today is a doozy, guys. If taxes stress you out or feel overwhelming, this episode is about to rock your worlds. Michael is an absolute genius with finances and taxes, so much so that he works with me, Lindsay, and the Heart University. So basically, he's the accountant and bookkeeper for all three of our businesses and counting. (laughs) Grab a pen and paper, roll up your sleeves, because this episode is a full notebook's worth. Let's friggin' go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Oh my gosh. Well, for anyone that doesn't know, Michael is me and Evie's accountant. He is literally the best, uh, just saves our butts all the time and uh, is perfect for what we need him for. And he's just amazing. So we're so excited to have him on the show to give you guys all of your tax questions answered. Um, So Michael, just to start off, tell us a little bit about you, um, just like a little bit of your story, how you got to where you are today and what made you get into accounting and finance? Okay. Um, So I'm a CPA. Um, I graduated with a master's degree in accounting and financial economics And right out of school, I worked uh, for uh, one of the biggest CPA firms in the world. It's called PwC. Um, And I always just kind of had my own group of clients that I worked with and um, have transitioned over to just uh, running my own practice full time um, over the last, I don't know, four or five years or so. Um, How I ended up getting into accounting... um, I don't know. I think I was maybe like tricked into it a little bit. I had, um, so I, I didn't always know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I started like pre-med biology. I used to be actuarial science for a minute and like props to anybody who actually knows what that is. Um, (laughs) but I had to take an accounting class and my professor, uh, he was a pretty like, I don't know, personable guy. And he used to do these things in class where he'd be up at the whiteboard, like doing accounting stuff. And he used to say all the time, like, isn't this fun? Or like, look how fun this is. And at first I thought he was kind of ridiculous. Um, but like, I guess he, he's, he got really good at convincing students to transfer over to accounting. So like by the end of the semester, he'd take a poll of like, who's an accounting major now? And like more than half the class would raise his hand. Oh my um, God. So I kind of got like tricked into being an accountant because one of my professors <laughs> told me it was fun. And now I'm like, whoa, like how did that happen? But um, like, I promise if you like tell yourself it's fun, 
like I'm evidence that yeah, it can be fun. So that's know. amazing. That's I think it's just a mental cool. thing. That's for life. If you tell it's yourself it's fun, then it's gonna be fun. No, yeah. it really is. And Michael, you're so freaking good at what you do. So we are very appreciative that you got tricked into coming into yeah. accounting because I don't think we would be breathing if it weren't for you. So God bless that professor. <laughs> no, um, I, that'd be cool if this somehow like got around to him and he found out and that he had like such an impact, like uh, the ripple effect. So That'd be amazing. so cool. I would love that. We need to find out his name and like send him this episode or something. Okay, anybody that knows Jack Peterson from Logan, Utah, let him him know that he was featured on a podcast. Probably doesn't even know what a podcast is. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Michael, really fast, do you work mostly with like creative business owners now that you have your own practice or are your clients kind of all the way across the board? Um, So most of them are um, like small business entrepreneurs. Um, most of them are like service, service oriented businesses. Um, but I kind of have clients in a lot of different, um, industries. Um, so yeah, the, the majority of them is like entrepreneurs, uh, creatives, um, kind of service oriented businesses. Yeah. Okay. So Michael, we're going to just dive on deep into the nitty gritty of taxes. A lot of our listeners know nothing about taxes, pretty much including me. I I'm like bare minimum, know nothing, which is why I outsource <laughs> everything to you. Uh, Cause you are the master. So we're just going to dive deep. And a lot of these questions are coming directly from our listeners. I pulled them and this is, this is what they want to know. This is, this is the truth. So um, the first one that we're just kind of diving in on is a lot of our listeners are beginners. Like they're just starting their photography business or florist business or whatever business they are starting. And they want to know how much money do you have to be making from your business before you start paying taxes? Like that mindset is coming from like, if you only do a couple jobs per year and it's, it's brand new and it's your side hustle, do you still have to pay taxes on that? That's the question. Yeah. So I get this question all the time. Um, especially like everybody has uh, like a side hustle has some sort of gig that they do that brings in some extra money. Um, and what people need to understand is that running a business, being an entrepreneur, like that means you're responsible from day one. There's no like get out of jail free card just because you're starting out or there's no like, Oh, you can make five grand and you don't have to report it for tax purposes just because you're starting out. Like, From the very first penny that you bill, like you should understand what that means for you when it comes to taxes. Um, So like one of the the main issues um, that entrepreneurs run into um, is like sales tax. Like, let's just get this out there. Like first off the bat. So like, (laughs) let's say what you do might be subject to sales tax. Like you need to be collecting that sales tax from your client from the very first bill that you ever send out. Um, and if you don't, mm. like that's just going to cost you later on. So, mm-hmm. right. Like it's coming out of your yeah, paycheck right. later. So, if you're even just like considering getting into some sort of um, side gig or um, do you want to start your own business? Like do yourself a favor and avoid the pain. It might be later on, like figure out at least sales tax from the very start. Like that's one of the number one issues um, that I run into with new clients is, is like that huge sales tax hurdle. Um, so the mm-hmm. sooner you can address that, even from, like I said, day one, that very first penny, like make sure you understand how sales tax applies to you. Um, like if that's the only bit of advice people come away with, like it'll be worth it. (laughs) Like I promise you. That's so good. And I, I sorry to go. Okay. (laughs) A quick follow-up question I had to that is I could imagine somebody listening to this is like, okay, well, how do I know what sales tax, um, to add? Is that public knowledge? Like, could they find that online or would like they have to ask a CPA for that? Okay. So here's where you have to be super careful. Um, there's a ton of information online, but what can you trust? Um, Mm. so the information that you can trust is whatever is published 
on your state's Department of Revenue website. Um, so sales tax applies in your individual location. Um, so your state uh, or your county even. And um, there are rules on what is subject to sales tax. So you have to get that information from the source. You have to get it from your state. There are tons of websites. If you Google it, like you'll get tons of hits. But there's a lot of garbage on the internet and a lot of people who claim that they know the rules when they actually don't. And like, I hate to say this, but like sometimes you can't even necessarily trust an accountant. Um, I've had a number of clients who have like switched over their new clients and they're like, Hey, well, my old CPA or my family friend who's a CPA said that I don't have to collect sales tax. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great that they said that, but the Department of <laughs> Revenue in your state says this, and you should be collecting sales tax. So like I went through this with a client of mine like last year, and I felt super bad because like they're just the victim of a, a bad situation. Um, so, yeah. so the guidance I would give to someone who has this question is like, talk with your CPA. And, um, something that I try and do with my clients is, um, I don't like to necessarily have that conversation over the phone. I like to send an email that has a link to published rules from that state's department of revenue that explains if sales tax applies, because I, I have to cover my butt, <laughs> whether like when I'm giving advice, like I have to make sure that, um, it's super clear who is subject to sales tax and who isn't. Cause I don't want it to come back on me later on. And I want to make sure that the client completely understands what their responsibilities are. And um, so that's my job is, yeah. is making sure yeah. that people understand what their responsibilities are. And um, just because like a friend or another CPA said it doesn't apply to you sorry, but sometimes you can't trust that. Like get it in writing, make sure it comes from that state's department of revenue. Make sure um, that you cover all your bases. Um, like I said, it'll just save you so much hassle later on. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, that makes so much sense to like double check that information because I know I, and I think Michael, you kind of know this. I like switched. I was working with one CPA for my first few years of business. He was great, but, um, he didn't really specialize in like my niche. Um, and then I got another referral and went to another CPA. Um, so basically I've had two CPAs before you and each one has told me something different, um, just on different aspects of my business. And through that process of like working with different CPAs and getting different advice and like all this stuff, it's really taught me like basically what you're saying, double check the facts. Like if they say something about sales tax or whatever that is, like make sure they're sending you information that you can do your own research on it. Um, especially cause that's my personality too, of like, I, I want to know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I don't just want to be told like, do this. I want to be like, okay, what, what are the ramifications of that? Why am I doing this? Um, let me see it. Like I'm, that's just my personality, but I've learned that because I've had three different accountants telling me like three different things about <laughs> multiple different areas of my business. So that's super good advice. Like double check, like talk to your CPA, but also double check that information to like yeah, make sure, sure, especially on something like sales tax. So one more thing to kind of add about that. Um, especially for people who are just getting into uh, being an entrepreneur and kind of everything that that entails. Um, like we got some tough love here. Like some people might not like this, um, but having an accountant doesn't mean that you're not responsible anymore. So you're still the one whose name goes on your tax return. Your signature is on it. And so what's the role of an accountant? Like if ultimately like you're still the one responsible, um, an accountant should be someone who helps educate you. Someone who maybe gives you some suggestions and then um, tries to help you understand how 
uh, different aspects of, aspects of finance work in your business or um, someone who's willing to um, help you set up your business in a way so that it runs more efficiently. Someone who helps you understand your finances. Someone, an accountant should be someone who like puts that time in to help explain and educate you so that you can feel more comfortable taking ownership over that aspect of your business. Like, yeah, you can still outsource things to your accountant, but like, it's not something that just because you have an accountant, you can just ignore that. It's like, no, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, like, sorry, but you have to at least have a minimal knowledge of accounting and taxes and how that works. Like, that's just a fact. Yeah. That's and so that's, good. That's so good. And that's something that like entrepreneurs can just like bring in an expert. Like don't try to do it on your own is my advice. I'm, I don't, I'm assuming you probably agree with that, Michael. Um, yeah, for sure. But bring someone on, bring an expert on and then like learn from them. And I, that's one uh-huh. thing I love about working with you, Michael, is you don't just say like, here's what you need to do. Do ABC, XYZ, like bam, you know done. You are so good at explaining like, okay, Evie, so here's what we're doing. Here's why I'm advising this. Here's like, you know, your options when it comes to this. And I feel like I've consistently learned more and more about like my finances and my taxes and like the different options or like whatever the inner workings of my finances and my business, because you do such a good job of like explaining it. So I'm learning as I'm working with you. Um, and I love that. And I think that's super important as business owners, don't just hand it off and then run. It's, it's not like, uh, you know, you pull the tab on, um, a grenade and then like throw it at your accountant and run. Like you need to be involved in it. You need to stay on top of it and you need to at least understand what they're doing in your finances. So I could not agree with that more, Michael, like praise hands over here. <laughs> well, and, and for everyone out there that has an accountant who might just be like being like, oh, hey, do this, ask them, be like, no, why, why am I doing this? Like make them explain it because that way you do take ownership and you do know what you're doing and why you're doing it. So yeah, like back to kind of that conversation we had a little bit about sales tax, like um, that advice is to help protect you as a business owner. Um, Like your accountant doesn't benefit from that. Like it's not, there's no ulterior motive in that. It's solely to help you understand what your responsibilities are and to protect yourself. Um, so that's how I view an accountant's role. Um, and they should really, really be someone who like consults and helps and, and helps you be, uh, helps be a business partner. Like they should help you run your business, help you be more efficient. They they should help save you money, help, you know, um, processes and things to, to just run your business better. I love that. That's so good. Um, with that, Michael, cause this is such a, like a fun, deep can of worms, a great question that I know so many business owners have. Can you talk to us about like what types of things can you write off in your business when it comes to taxes to save you that money? Um, like you were just talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so maybe let's take a step back and kind of talk about, um, how your taxes, how you pay taxes. Um, Ignore sales tax for a minute because that's calculated differently. Uh, There are several different types of taxes that apply uh, to you as a small business owner or an entrepreneur. Um, Those can be um, federal taxes or state taxes. Some states might that might not apply. Um, There's also Social Security and Medicare taxes. Um, The way that you pay all those taxes, how they're calculated is um, you start off with your income and you're allowed to subtract all of your business related expenses. And then the amount that's left over as your profit, um, you pay um, federal, state, social security, Medicare taxes on your profit. Um, So the question is like, well, what all goes into what can be considered expenses so we know like what's left over to pay taxes on. Um, and we could talk, I don't know, probably all day about like specific things that you can write off. Um, so maybe first let's talk about um, some principles about what qualifies as a deduction. 
So the IRS has two different um, words to describe uh, what counts as a business expense. And the first one is uh, it must be ordinary for your industry or your type of business. Um, the second one is that it must be necessary for your business to operate. Um, so let's say, for example, like you're a photographer. Um, an ordinary business expense for a photographer would be like your camera. Um, and it's that camera is necessary for you to go get paid for a gig for doing a photo session or a wedding or something like that. So a, a camera would be something that's both ordinary in your industry and necessary for you to run your business. Like that doesn't necessarily apply to me as an accountant. I would love to be able to write off like the Sony <laughs> camera that I just bought like six months ago, but like me as a CPA, a camera is not necessary for me to run my business. It's not an ordinary expense for like a CPA to have. So I would love to write off my camera but I can't because that's not my industry. It's not necessary for me to run my business as a CPA. Um, so maybe what are some other examples of things that you can write off? Um, just kind of in general, like equipment or supplies, or if you have an office space that you rent, um, travel expenses, as long as that travel has a specific business purpose. Um, all those types of things are, are deductions that you can take that help offset some of your business income and make it so you pay um, the correct amount in taxes. I don't want to necessarily say pay less in taxes because we want to pay the correct amount in taxes. Um, having a system in place to keep track of all those deductions, um, that's something super important for you as a small business owner so that you pay the correct amount of taxes um, when you do have those business expenses that can be deducted. Mm, that's so good. Thank you for laying that down. And kind of with that um, principle, tell it to us straight, because I'm the, notoriously the worst at this. Do we really need to be saving all of our receipts or taking a picture of them and putting them on an app? Because I know you can do that as well. Like, is it super, super bad if you don't? Like, what's the issue with the receipts? Okay, so that's a really good question. Um, for business owners. But before I, I dive into an answer on that, like, let me speak on behalf of accountants around the world and do not give your accountant a box of receipts when it's tax time. Like your accountant will hate you. Like, do not do that. So like, do you need to save all of your receipts? Like, let's talk about like why that might be the case before I give you like a yes or no answer. So let's say that on your tax return, um, you have your income and you have uh, your expenses. And so the profit that's left over is what you pay taxes on. Um, let's say that you list out expenses of, I don't know, $5,000 for equipment. Um, and you submit your tax return and all said and done. And then maybe like a year later, the IRS is like, hey, we're going to audit you. It just happens. People get audited. It's not because you're a, a bad person. It just happens sometimes. Um, and so you as a business owner, one of your responsibilities, like we talked about earlier, is that you would need to prove to the IRS any of the expenses that you submitted on your tax return. So how do you do that? They say, hey, you put that you spent 5000 on equipment. So like, what was that equipment? And so if you have a receipt, you can say, Hey, I bought this and this and this, and this is why it's a business expense. And they're like, okay, cool. Good job. And then you're done. That gives the easiest thing in the world. Um, so saving a receipt or, okay, let's be real. You're not going to save a receipt. Like I do. Having really maybe a picture of, <laughs> yeah, maybe having a picture of a receipt is way easier than saving an actual receipt. So, um, just get in the habit of when you buy something for your business, like snap a picture of the receipt and then put it in this album in your phone that says business receipts and it's done and saved and saved forever in the cloud. You never have to worry about it again, but 
the reason why that's important is it's going to protect you as a business owner if the IRS were to ever audit. So it's not just something stupid, not some like, oh man, I got to keep track of all these receipts. Like uh, the IRS is dumb, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's something that you, that you want to do because it's going to protect you as a business owner. Like, why wouldn't you want to protect yourself? So like, yeah, it does take a little bit of getting used to, to get in that habit of like, okay, like I just went out and had a business lunch with so-and-so like snap a picture of the receipt. Like that's so easy. Anyone can do that. Oh my gosh, Michael, I literally keep all of my physical receipts because I'm so old school. I, I mean, I, I knew that there were apps out there for like recording it and like categorizing it and just all these things. And I was like, oh, that's so much work. I literally just want to keep my receipt and then put it into like my files of like business expenses for this. Like it just seemed simpler to me, but now hearing you, (laughs) but now you're like, no, I literally never have sent in receipts to my accountant and God bless. Like I, I feel very like proud of myself right now. Um, but this makes a lot more sense that I can literally, it's just an album on my phone and like snap a photo because that's what I do with a ton of my other things is I like take a photo or a screenshot or whatever. And I like albums on my phone to like simplify it. I never even thought of doing that with my receipts. I always thought it was like this, like app that like was like super. And I was just like, I don't care enough to do that. Let me just keep the full receipt. But now I feel like a grandma. <laughs> well, but no, now it's like, you don't even like, need that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah. Just make an album, snap a picture and make sure it's by the way and you're done. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I don't know if this is helpful for other business owners too, but, um, if there's any sort of like online payment or like subscription or anything like that, that's sending me like receipts of like, Hey, here's like your monthly subscription to like this program that I need for my business. I have a folder in my emails that is biz receipts and I immediately Mm -hmm. file it under there. So I have any like physical receipts that I've gotten filed in my room, which now is going to be filed in my phone. Um, and then any other like electronic receipts that I get emailed to me are filed in my like email inbox, which is a folder all on its own. And that's super helpful for me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so make sure that you know what the business purpose is for that receipt as well. So a lot of them, it'll kind of be intuitive. Um, so let's say you have a subscription to like Adobe, like, you know what that's for, but let's say you go out to a business lunch. Um, like you already have to sign and like add a tip on there, put your signature on there. So like just write on there, like business lunch with Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And then you snap a picture of it and oh, like, you're good to so go. Smart. Yeah. That's what my mom oh. trained me to do. God bless you, mother. If you're listening to this, I like, I write on the top of my receipts always of like what the date was, what it was for and who it was with. So a lot of that information, um, you can, there's a simple way of keeping track of it. So at the end of the year or however frequently you want to look at your finances, like you don't have to pull out your 10 key and your calculator and look at all these receipts and add stuff up. Like there's software like QuickBooks that can, um, help simplify that. And, um, we can connect it to like your business bank accounts. And as long as you make sure your expenses go through your business bank accounts, like a lot of that information, the date, where it was, the amount, all that will just be already in your books. But the thing that's important to have is sometimes the business purpose for it isn't necessarily clear, like for a business lunch. Um, so if you can just like write a super short note and take a picture of that, like if you ever needed to, to prove why that was a business expense, you're protected. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Oh, I love that. I think so many business owners, Michael, are just like, and I understand it because I've been there too, like 1000%. You're just super overwhelmed by like all of the ins and outs, like even just what you've been talking about. You're like, oh, well, there's sales tax. Oh, well, you know, this is a write-off and this might not be a write-off. And, um, you know, this is like what you should do with your receipts. And here's why, like you might get audited. And I know it can feel super overwhelming. So if anyone's listening to this right now and is like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified. I'm like failing as a business owner. Like I didn't know I haven't been doing this. I'm so scared. Like take a breath. You'll be fine. Um, get a CPA to kind of help you navigate setting up these systems because once the systems are in place, it's so easy guys. Um, it really is, but it's, it's overwhelming to look at the full picture. So Michael, if somebody is listening to this right now and is overwhelmed, do you have anything to add to that? No, like I completely agree with what you just said. 
like accounting or finances or taxes like can be such a source of like anxiety for different people, especially yeah. people who are like entrepreneurs who are creative mindsets. Like for some reason, there's that stereotype of like either you're a numbers person or you're a creative person and the two can't mesh or like you can never cross that invisible boundary, but like that's false. True. Um, Come on, preach it. Like no matter who you are or your personality, like you can understand the numbers side of running a business. It just, people don't have different learning styles. And so you have to figure out and maybe get a CPA who you relate to that your personalities match, um, that that CPA can talk to you in plain English that you understand so that you can implement these things and it's no longer a source of anxiety for your business, but maybe like, Hey, this is kind of crazy, but maybe it becomes fun. Like mm-hmm. just keep telling yourself <laughs> that, like, I promise you it can become fun. And like, mm-hmm. I've got clients that they used to hate this aspect of their business. And now it's like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Like you, yeah. that that's anxiety so goes away. And like, that yeah. feels so good. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. Well, I feel like every time I, like, Michael, you tell me something, I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. I need, I need it dumbed down like you're talking to a kindergartner. Okay, go. <laughs> I need you so good at that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that, like, this is, like, just kind of off topic, but also I think super important be super specific with who you pick to have on your team. Like, because I know for me, when I interview, I've interviewed multiple like CPAs and legal, like lawyers and attorneys for our legal team and just different things. And if I'm ever, especially with like the like legal and financial side of running a business, like if I ever interview with someone or like have a consult call or something and I feel talked down to, or I didn't understand a word that they were saying, I personally am like, bye, have a nice day. Like I, I don't have time for that because I want somebody who's going to help me and come alongside and like, I can understand and they simplify it for me and I trust them. And I am able to like understand and learn and grow as I work with them. And I feel that way with both my legal team on my business and then the legal team with the heart who I also work with and Michael, you who I work with on both of those like books, mine and the hearts. Like I am so appreciative of you and just our legal team who is just talks to me in plain English. And if I don't mm-hmm. understand something, I never feel stupid being like, I don't get that. Can you repeat that? Or like, wait, you said this term, but I don't know that term. Can you repeat that? I never feel dumb. And I think that's so, so important as a business owner, especially creative business owners, having people on your team who you can understand and who you don't make you feel stupid. Like if somebody makes you feel stupid, guys walk away. Um, yeah. That's, you don't have time for that kind of energy in your life. And especially like Michael, like you said, if this is an area of like anxiety for a lot of people, like 
don't have that add to that anxiety. Like find someone who's going to calm you down and help like simplify it for you. Don't bring someone on who sounds like they know what they're talking about, but actually are adding more stress to your plate. Right. Exactly what we were talking about earlier that like an accountant doesn't mean you're not responsible anymore. Like you're still the business runner, like the business owner, you're still, your signature goes on your tax return. So like it's your responsibility. So when you're building out your team or or looking for an accountant or like that person should help you in that process. And yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're thinking now, like, Oh man, I, my CPA doesn't take the time to like educate me or time to explain things or like help me understand it. Like maybe you should go find a different one that matches your personality better because like the whole goal of it is again to, to make it so it's not a source of anxiety for your business. And like a CPA should just be the one to make that so much easier for you being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Or at the very mm-hmm. least, like just at least talk to that CPA and be like, Hey, can you like explain this to me? Or like, I would yeah. actually love to learn what you're doing and why. And then if they don't change, walk away. Cause yeah. I've done that. I've, I've done that exact thing. And so sometimes you don't even know what questions you don't know to ask. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, that's probably 90% of the people listening right now is like, I don't even know what questions to ask a CPA. Well, Hey, tell them that and go from there. Like at least try and get the conversation going to, to get you up to speed so that you understand. Um, it's not something that you can just like completely ignore. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Well, and then just communication in general in life, but especially with your accountant is so crucial, especially if you don't understand what you're talking about, like having them explain it to you in plain English, super helpful, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, I would love to dive in a little bit, um, to like, now that we've talked about like write-offs and like sales tax and receipts and like just kind of other nitty gritties of taxes, I would love to hear, do you have any recommendations for like the best way to save for taxes? Like, should you add it into your pricing or put aside a certain percentage in a different bank account, pay it all at once, pay it quarterly? Like, do you have thoughts on this that you want to share? Yeah. So kind of the logistics of that, there are a lot of different um, things built into that one question. So let's maybe break it down kind of do one at a time and hopefully I don't miss any of them. Um, first off, let's talk about, um, sales tax. We kind of said that sales tax is its own thing. Um, it gets treated separately. Sales tax is something that you as a business owner are responsible for collecting from your client. And then you remit that to the state. Um, you have to file a sales tax report. Some states, um, that may be monthly, some it may be quarterly, some maybe twice a year, some maybe once a year. So the answer to that one it is it kind of depends on your situation. So if sales tax applies to you, um, the thing that you need to know as a business owner is that you should be collecting that from your client and you should know how much you collected and have that set aside so that when you do file a sales tax report, you can then send that money to the state. And it's not money that is free for you to spend on other things. Um, That money needs to be set aside and you need to know that, yeah, that's the sales tax that I collected. Um, You as the business owner, you're kind of just the middleman. You collect it from your client, you send it to the state. Um, So that's something, like I said, added on to your services or your products or, or however it applies in your state. Um, the, the other taxes that we talked about, like federal, state, social security, Medicare, um, how do you budget for those? How do you pay those? Uh, how much should, should you be setting aside? Um, because those are calculated, um, based on like your income minus your business expenses and um, the profit that's left over is the amount that you pay taxes on. Like, that can start to get into kind of a more complicated um, calculation of like, how much should I be setting aside? Like you don't want to have to do your tax return every time you want to know how much money to set aside. So just as kind of a rule of thumb, um, maybe transferring over about like 20 to 25% of 
your bookings or your income um, before expenses uh, is a good habit to get into. And the clients that I have who are in that habit, um, I don't think there's a single one who isn't prepared to actually pay the amount of tax that's due. And usually there's more than enough left over to like fund your retirement accounts. And then there's a chunk left over for you to spend on whatever you want. But if you get in the habit of saving right off the bat, after you get paid, set aside 20, 25%, um, usually you'll be, you'll be safe. Um, so that's kind of, I don't know, just a, a general principle or a good habit to get into. Um, as far as how you pay it, um, maybe have a conversation with your CPA to decide whether you are going to fall into the, the category of do I have to pay it quarterly or can I wait and just pay it when I file my tax return? Um, those answers get a little bit more complicated and are circumstantial. So just based on your specific situation, um, you may have to pay in quarterly uh, or you may be okay just waiting when you file your tax return. So talk about those details with your accountant. Um, but definitely the takeaway is like budget for it. Set that money aside um, in a separate savings account or, or whatever. So you are prepared when tax time comes around or prepared to make your quarterly estimated payments. That's so good. Um, I have a personal example of not doing this. Um, and it like, just like a little <laughs> bit of, of a shock. Um, but 2018 was probably my first big year before that, based on like Andrew being a student or, or me, I mean, I wasn't a student, but like we were in the, in the league of getting like a tax return back, like money back. Um, and then 2018, Michael, when you did that, uh, those books, um, I was not expecting it and I did not set it aside. I do now. So learn from your experiences. Um, but I did not set it aside. And when you told me how much I owed, I literally like fell to the floor because I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was like, goodbye days of tax return. <laughs> um, so do what Michael said, everyone. I am here to testify. It's not fun when you have to pay it all at once and you have not um, budgeted for that. I mean, I was fine. It, I had enough money, but still it was just like, you know, like, like when you do some like, shock. yep, yep, yep. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely do that. The other yeah, thing so I will. Go ahead. No, go for it, Michael. Um. So now, like, since we're in contact more, like, yeah, we do have that system set up where we'll pay in quarterly so it breaks it up throughout the year. And so we can kind of touch base on a more regular basis and um, like you can know how much needs to be set aside for taxes. Um, like those are our growing points where you like as you work with your accountant, you, you become more involved together and like you start to understand how to set money aside and and budget and things like that. Yes. Yeah. And the thing I just want to add to this for other people listening, um, is, and, and this kind of dives into like a little bit of like budgeting and, and money management and, and different things. I'm not going to go in super deep on that. Lindsay and I will probably do like another episode a little bit more on that. But I just want to say, if you are like budgeting and pulling that percentage of taxes out of your profit and out of your, you know, each booking, each income, like whatever, put that in a separate account that is like your tax account, like, and don't touch it. Have that be a completely separate. Don't keep your taxes in your main like business account or in your main, like, yeah. like just don't even have it there. Consider that not your money from the minute it enters your account and then slide it out, put it in another folder and open that folder when you're paying your taxes, period. Like, don't mess with that. <laughs> yeah. Like out of sight, out of mind. Like yeah. don't even be tempted. Yeah. Your brain then associates that money if it's in your account, but like mentally set aside, it's still like you look at that number and it's like, oh, I have this much, but really like you don't have near that much. Yeah. So it's, it's super helpful to like file it away. Um, that's, I totally agree. Um, but also Michael, we know that you are like a super financial planning guru. Um, you're, you're super passionate about that in addition to accounting. So I want to get nerdy about investing with you for a second. Um, what do you think is the smartest financial move for a business owner to invest in? Like talk to us about investing. Yeah. So 
I'm going to give you a practical bit of information. I'm not going to tell you like, oh, a stock or, or whatever. Invest in yourself. So entrepreneur, I don't know why this is the case, but entrepreneurs are so bad at paying yourself or investing in yourself. And by investing in yourself, I mean like setting money aside for retirement or saving or budgeting so that you have a livable um, amount of money that you can pull out of the business to support yourself. I don't know why it's the case that entrepreneurs like don't consider their personal living expenses when they're running their business. Like if, if you're trying to come up with like pricing for your services or how you run your business and you have to pull out that 20, 25% for taxes and like somehow the numbers aren't working where you can't have money for you to live, like you got to change something in your business. Um, you have to run your business in such a way that like you can support yourself. That's the goal. Like, so pay yourself, like set money aside for you. Um, kind of on that same line, um, in a regular job, your employer probably has like a 401k set up and they help you save money for retirement. Nobody does that when you're self-employed. When you're an entrepreneur, you're in charge of all your own money. So if you can get in the habit of paying yourself and set aside, setting aside money for yourself to invest in your own retirement later on, like that's going to have a huge impact over the next I don't know, 30 years until you actually retire. Um, nobody does it for you. You have to take ownership or that over that aspect of your business. Oh, that's so freaking good. Michael, have you read the book Profit First? No, I haven't. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Okay. No, that's good. I was, I actually, wait, I don't know if Rachel's contact you already, but my assistant is scheduling a call with you because I have like, I have questions, but then I also wanted to talk about that book because that's something that like, I've already kind of implemented in my business, but I really want to do more. And I wanted to talk to like the logistics of doing that and like working with you on that. But that's a side note. Um, the point yeah, cool. is, the point is like with that book, it's literally exactly what you just said. And it, it boils down to you should not be paying yourself last in your business. You should be getting paid first and then everything else flows out of that. So it should be like your operating expenses come after you've taken your income, like from your business. Um, and it's, that goes into like savings and, um, retirement funds and all of that. And I think it's so important as entrepreneurs, because so often we like don't take salaries. We don't take income. We don't take any sort of profit. We're like reinvested in the business, like grow, grow, grow. Like, you know, we need to like, you know, put out more, invest in more of this, like in the business, which is somewhat true, but also you need to be earning money from what you're doing. And you need to be investing in yourself, in your retirement, in like your future. Cause if I just have so many thoughts on that. But if anyone's listening to this, I am currently in the middle of listening to Profit First and I'm really enjoying it. And it really helps break down understanding like why you need to be getting paid as well and the ramifications that can also have beneficially on your business um, to actually help it be more profitable and more successful. So I just concur with that. Michael, while you were like saying all of that, I was legit like, my hand, I was like fist pumping in my closet because I was just like, people need to hear this ish. I love it. No, it's like, why do you do what you do? Like, why are you an entrepreneur? Why, why bust your butt to like have a side gig or something? It's like you're, you got to do it. I don't know to support yourself. And so if you can't support yourself, maybe it's take some time to reflect on like, is it worth it? what do I need to change about my business so I can support myself or so that I see some sort of value or purpose coming out of it? Like that's the goal of owning your own business. So you got to find some way to make the numbers work so that it's reaching that objective. Freaking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ugh, I love it. I um, love it. Okay. Michael, I have a question for you and I have a feeling I know your answer on this. Um, just based on talking to a couple different CPAs about this, but I know a lot of people have asked us this question. So I wanted to go ahead and ask you, um, 
This is a question for all the destination photographers out there. How do you do taxes when you are shooting in multiple states? Um, I know it's a sticky question. I have a feeling I know your answer, but I just wanted to at least ask because a lot of people ask Lindsay and I. Yeah, for sure. So we talked a little bit about how sales tax rules are set up based on where you're located. Um, So every state has different rules when it comes to sales tax. Um, So when you travel to different states, like it's possible that, yeah, you, you could be subject to those other states' rules. So that's definitely a conversation to have with your CPA to talk about those specific nitty gritty details of like, what's your situation and how do you address um, some of those things that might get triggered um, by traveling to different states. So like, I'll maybe defer and just say like, hot topic, you got to talk to your accountant about that and communicate with them. Um so yeah, I'll, I'll defer a little bit. <laughs> I love no, it. that's that's good because I mean every situation is different and every state is different. So it like depends on what where you're traveling to, what you're doing, how many how many things you're doing in that state, and so it it totally is specific. So that's such a viable answer. Talk to your CPA, um, work it out with them because everyone's situation is different. Yeah. So just like we talked about earlier with sales tax, like from day one, you're responsible. Like the more proactive you can be about conversations, the better too. So like, if you are wondering, like start that conversation, talk to your CPA and they should help educate you and stuff like that. That's smart. Well, then with that, the next question I have, and we kind of were talking about this earlier, but we'll just fit it in now is talk to your CPA. Well, so some, some, what if somebody's sitting there and like, well, I don't have a CPA. I'm just starting. What would be your best advice for finding a CPA that someone connects with? Or like, is there like, I don't know, like a secret website that you can go to like <laughs> cpafindme.com or I don't know. Like, how would you recommend <laughs> no, finding no, no, I wish there was. I, I know, even, right? I don't know. I've never had to find a CPA. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I, we talked about kind of some principles about what I think people should look for in a CPA. Like they should be willing to like educate you, like not talk down to you. They should take time to explain through things. They should um, provide some support from like state legislation or, or rules about like sales tax. Like um, when it comes down to it, um, like who can you trust? Like a CPA is someone that you really have to trust um, with a big aspect of your business. Um, so like, how do you go about just like finding someone like that? Um, there's a, there's a whole network within your industry, like make friends with other people in your industry and talk to them about, okay, who's your accountant? Like, what do you like about them? And I would say kind of start there. Um, be careful though, because there are bad accountants out there. Um, being a CPA doesn't necessarily mean that everything that comes out of their mouth is true. So you kind of have to take some recommendations from like fellow, I don't know, photographers or whoever's in your industry or whatever, like, um, ask who they work with, but then take that with a grain of salt because, um, I don't know. I, I, I've heard plenty of horror stories about like my old CPA did this or like, this is what my accountant said or so how do you go about finding an accountant that you can trust? Like that's, that's a really good question. Uh, I wish there was like some reputable, like list of <laughs> here are all the accountants you can trust here are all the accountants that you can't trust, but there's not. So um, like ultimately what it comes down to is you as the taxpayer, you're still responsible. Um, so when you talk with a CPA, your personality should match in that they're giving you enough information to, for you to understand your responsibilities as a business owner. And if that's not happening, then I don't know, talk with them more, like figure out something that works. And, and maybe that involves like, talking with other accountants and, and like seeing who else is out there. But um, like I said, just be careful just because there are so many other CPAs out there that like, who can you trust? 
just because they're so-and-so's accountant doesn't make what they say true. So I don't know if I answered that question. No, that's, no you did. Enough or that's if so I, you totally did. And I think that's something that like, is just, that's why I do like consult calls. And I don't know if that's super common for business owners to do that, but I've, I interviewed like when we were looking for a legal team for the heart that, you know, had to be based in Hawaii. I, I called like five and set up appointments with like five different like law firms and had like five different phone calls. And based off of those phone calls, I knew exactly like, nope, not a fan of this one. Nope, not a fan of this one, not a fan. And then I found the person that I was like, I like this person. And I, that's very similar with like CPAs. Like, I don't know if that's normal in the industry, Michael, to like set up consult calls. But yeah, I would encourage like anyone who's trying to find someone like set up a call with a CPA that maybe someone was referred and then just talk to them. And based on how you feel getting off that call, like, do you feel like weight was just taken off of your shoulder? Do you feel like they just simplified stuff? Do you feel like they helped explain and like helped you understand? They seem to grasp a hold of your business and like the model of your business and like how, you know, you're operating your business. Like if all of that just like fell into place, then they're probably a good fit for you. If you got off feeling really stressed, they probably aren't. (laughs) Like that's my advice. That's so good. So I got, I have a client that before she became my client, um, she had like gone and met with several other like local accountants And she told me the story that like a bunch of them, she would go in there and like you sit down with one of the partners who's probably a male and looked at her as a a female who said she owned a photography business and kind of like looked down at her like, like you're not worth my time. And then she would say, oh, I made this amount of money last year. And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, wait a second. And so her value as a potential client was solely based on like how much money she, they, that accounting firm could potentially bill her. And so she, in that process just felt so like, I don't know, like not valued Mm -hmm. as um, a potential like client. And so if that's your experience and looking for a CPA, then like, I don't know. You keep looking Walk because away. there are good ones out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so you just exactly like you said, you should walk away from one of those consult meetings, feeling like a weight is lifted, feeling like you understand more, um, feeling like it's been simplified or that there's no longer that source of anxiety in running your business. Um, that's how you know if you've found the right fit as far as an accountant goes. That's so good. And Michael, I know based off of all this conversation and just how freaking amazing you are, you're probably going to get a bunch of people knocking on your door wanting to hire you after this interview. Um, So can you tell us like, where are you located? How can people find you? Are you taking new clients? Like information of if people want to work with you after this interview, like, is that possible? Or you have thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I am based out of Logan, Utah. Probably no one's ever heard of it. Um, <laughs> the majority of clients that I work with are kind of all over the United States. Um, I don't know if this is weird or not, but probably like 95% of them I've never even met face to face. Like that's the beauty yep, of technology. Is like, <laughs> nope. So like I can work with clients on like really specific kind of intimate details about how they're running their business without ever having to meet face to face. Um, I think that's way cool about, I don't know how technology works. Like I would, my whole profession is out of my home office and I work with people all around the world. Um, so if people have questions or want to set up a console or, um, I don't know, the best way to get in contact is just through email. And you guys have my email address. So if you want to like add that into the, like the notes yeah, or we'll put that in the description show notes. on the podcast, like feel free to go do that. Perfect. Awesome. Michael, you are freaking amazing. Like literally, I think we've kind of said this a lot, but you have saved our butts so much and working with you is such a breeze and you're so proactive in helping us and helping us understand more of our businesses and more of our finances. And hopefully um, a bunch of the questions that a ton of our listeners have on taxes were just kind of answered. And even if 
literally the one takeaway they like got from this was one sales tax, pay attention and (laughs) get a CPA. Like these taxes is a whole nother world. And as an entrepreneur, you don't have to be an expert in like taxes that you can hire someone who can help explain it and walk you through it. Even if you just have like a year end accountant who helps you, you know, in tax season, even if you don't want to hire a bookkeeper to do monthly books, like having someone who has a lot of expertise and knowledge in the area guiding you through it. There are a lot of ins and outs of taxes, guys. So don't skimp on this. Be proactive and get someone good on your team who can help you figure this out. Well, and as this episode is airing kind of near the end of the year, now would be a great time to do consults with people because tax time I mean, you're going to want to do, I don't be like me. I oftentimes wait uh, till like April, which I should not do. To do. <laughs> Michael is literally yeah, probably cringing. <laughs> but um, no, we've made some doing... changes this year. We're good. I know. We're I know. Good. This, year, this year we're going to be on top of it. Um, but basically start doing consults now. That way you can like hire them and get going like the second that the new year arrives. And wow. that way you can have that relationship a little bit down for them to do your taxes. But yeah, like, Michael, you gave us so much uh, for this interview. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We are just blown away by your knowledge and your wisdom as we are not the accounting experts (laughs) you are. Um, So just thank you so much for being here and sharing your expertise with our listeners. We are so thankful. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me.